The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, November 1, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show is here. We have an hilarious update on the big Jacob Wall press conference today. You want to stick around for this. You won't regret it. It's hilarious. Trump doesn't know the actual name of the Democratic Party. This is a new thing now, and he keeps saying it at his rallies. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the name of the Democratic Party. I'm not making that up. And our military is being exploited for political purposes. They're being used as political props on the border. 15,000 of them upwards by Trump and his racist disciples. All right, let's, let's talk about Patreon here for a second. Each of our shows is downloaded by at least twenty to 25,000 people. I don't know if you know that, but that's true. We currently have around 850 outstanding Patreon subscribers, who I love who support this show, and in return, they get all kinds of bonus content, including the ultimate edition of this show without commercials, with bonus conversation at the end, as well as the increasingly popular After Party podcast on Fridays with Kimberly Johnson. But if everyone who downloads the show actually subscribed for just $1 a month on our Patreon page, $1 a month, that's pennies per show, do the math. Not only would the show be fully financed uh, out the wazoo... But you'd gain access to one of the fastest-growing communities of listeners on the entire interwebs, our exclusive Patreon club, with our various co-mayors, Ziggy Blue, David Roberts, Andrew Catino. So go right now to patreon.com slash show and subscribe. Again, that's patreon.com slash show. Subscribe right now. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Boy, these conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with a fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no head start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. You're fucked. Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. Then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. Pro-life. Pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like it. They don't like women. Bob Seska! Bob! 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 The Bob Seska Show! Uh, usually it's it's the president who does that. Bob, what? Bob, what? Bob, stop! Bob, go away! Shit. You know, I'm in one of those moods today. I'm just in one of those moods where I'm just going to be irascible and uh, kind of angry and silly. I don't know if that's even possible to be at the same time, but I'm going to do it today. I'm going to be angry and silly. It is the Trump crisis day 651, five days until the 2018 midterms. Five. Five days. And here's Jody Hamilton. Hi, Jody. Hello, Bob. Hello. How are you? I have a boo-boo. I know. What the hell uh, happened to your finger? Well, teach me helping a pig. Um... <laughs> This is a great story. We were talking about <laughs> yeah. this before the show. I just want to uh, alert everybody that I've already heard this story, but I'm, I'm dying to hear it again because it's it's just uh, ridiculous. Even just just the name, the name of the, the animal name. that you were trying oh, to help. All right, she's let's so sweet. Let's so hear as, it. So as as many of you know, I walk the earth, the <laughs> circumference of the globe, on a daily basis. Yeah. And I was walking down the street the other day, and I and I'm about a hundred feet away, and I see this large 
pot-bellied pig mm-hmm. kind of going in and out of a driveway. And as I got closer, I realized it was harnessed. Then I go, oh, my God, is this your pig to the lady, whose name, of course, I forget hers. Um, and she said, well, her name is Sprinkles. And I'm like, well, hello. What? Hi. Yeah, Sprinkles. Sprinkles. And Sprinkles weighs a good 70 pounds. Okay. Um, very, very large. And um, the lady had a stepping, you know, steps going up into the back of her SUV. And, and she yeah. goes, I'm trying to get her in because she's got a vet appointment. Now, pigs are very smart. So it's only in L.A. Sprinkles wasn't having it. Yeah. Because she knows what the word vet means. So she's uh-huh. like, no. So uh, I tried to coax her because she was interested in me because I was new. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we're trying to coax her with Cheerios and a melon. <laughs> and God damn and it. it's just, she was eating the Cheerios until it got to the step. And then she's like, no, no. I'm good. Right. And then she, yeah, exactly. Then she walked away. So the lady tries to lift her by herself and she can't because, again, Sprinkles weighs 70 pounds. Oh, Sprinkles. Oh, Sprinkles. Uh, <laughs> sprinkles eats a little too much. So I, I think so. So so she we try to coax her again, and it's not happening, and she, uh-huh. she's going to run late. So she asks me to help lift her in. Now, we know that I have the bursitis and the tendonitis in my left arm. Right. It's so tragic. So, it's so tragic. And it had been doing so well, by the way, because I was in PT for three weeks, and I was getting my movement back, you know. So we lift the pig in and get her in and close the bottom part of the SUV because Sprinkles has a sister. Ah. And she's much smaller. So the lady went in to go get Sprinkles' little sister. (laughs) So now Sprinkles is in the back. I'm petting her, like trying to calm her down. She's very displeased with us. Okay. And so the little baby pig gets put back (laughs) in the back of the SUV. Mm -hmm. At that moment, Sprinkles decides to make a break for it. So she tries to jump out and over the back of the uh, SUV, you know, barrier thingy, the door. And so I grab her, naturally, with my bad arm. Oh, God. And grab her her uh, holster thingy, her shoulder thing, you know, this whatever the harness, you call it. Yeah, the harness. Thank you very the, much. The I, sprinkles I, harness. I know words, the best words. Um, <laughs> I know words. I have the best words. So sprinkles harness, and I grabbed it with my left arm, so that yanks the bursitis and the tendonitis, oh, and God. then my finger kind of got wedged in, so now I have a swollen finger. So oh. I can't do PT, so I'm, I'm back to square one on my arm. But it's okay, Sprinkles is fine. I'm just blaming Sprinkles. Sprinkles <laughs> is, is permanently damaging your arm. This is horrible. <laughs> well, and then I ran into a friend of mine at a party on Saturday night who also happens to have a pig named Duncan. A, a pig named Duncan. See? God Duncan. damn it. L.A. is just the most wonderful place in the world. God damn it! And they, he and his wife, they say, oh, no, no, we don't take Duncan to the vet. No, 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 no. The vet comes to them. The vet goes to Duncan. So Yeah, so I gave, I gave the lady the information on the home care vet. So hopefully Sprinkles and her sister won't have to go to the vet anymore. Oh, well, that's good news. See, you're, you're a good Samaritan helping out pigs all throughout Stray the pigs. L.A. basin. <laughs> Stray pigs, fat pigs. I don't eat pigs, so I must help them. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, good for you. I, I hope your finger feels better. That's, the uh, finger's getting better. I think I can start PT on Monday. So. You're, you're taking one for the good of all animals. Okay, so <laughs> we've got to get to the best thing, the best thing of the day. Best this is today. the best thing of the day. If you heard Tuesday's show or if you've been following, you know, the news at all over the last uh, 48 hours or so, you know the story right now about Jacob Wall and this guy Jack Berkman from Newsmax. Uh, they they came out on Tuesday with this crazy announcement that rapidly fell apart in like classic shattered glass Stephen Glass fashion, where it just it was a gigantic hoax about Robert Mueller being accused of sexual assault, and it collapsed almost as quickly as it happened. And because this guy Jacob Wall is like the Dan Bedondi of Jack Posobiec, he's just like the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest goddamn tool in the box, and. So he starts this whole scam where he's got this fake intelligence, uh, what if it was like a private investigation firm called Surefire Intelligence, which he says is a separate firm that he has nothing to do with, but his name is all over it. In fact, one of his pictures is used for one of the executives at this fake agency called Surefire Intelligence. One of the pictures is actually Jacob Wall, but it's the the executive's name on the website is Matthew Cohen. It's just the dumbest, (laughs) stupid thing. And then the phone number for surefire intelligence forwards to a voice mailbox that's registered in jacob wall's mom's name i mean these were all things that we didn't know about on tuesday when we talked about it initially with buzz well and then christoph waltz's picture is up there and then 
That's right, Christoph Waltz. He used an Academy Award winner. They go, oh, no one will notice. No one will notice that right. this is Christoph Waltz. God and then sake. an Israeli supermodel, too, right, for their Tel Aviv office. Yeah, well, you, you also want to remember, too, bear in mind that Christoph Waltz, you know who he played in that, uh, that Quentin Tarantino movie? He played, played a he Nazi. He was a Nazi. He was a Nazi. And, of course, so that makes perfect sense that a Nazi yes, it does. would be one of the executives at Surefire Intelligence. So all of this fell apart as if that wasn't bad enough, the fact that this was just like a, a three stooges trying to fix the plumbing scenario. This is just the right. dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life. And then today rolls along when they're still planning this press conference. And, and it happened today at about noon at a holiday, <laughs> a holiday Inn in Roslyn, Virginia, which is right across the river from Georgetown. Right. And so um, one of the things that have been discussed recently is all of the lame sort of Trumper hangers on love to conduct these little uh, 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 gatherings at Holiday Inn conference rooms. Like uh, Steve Bannon had Steve one. Steve Bannon. <laughs> yeah, no one went to. And then today, it was this teeny tiny little room. It was called the Georgetown Room inside the Holiday Inn at the Roslyn, <laughs> the Roslyn Holiday Inn of all places. Way to make it seem official. Uh, but what happened was is they had this press conference today and they were supposed to wheel out their witness, this alleged victim of Robert Mueller, right? And as it turns out, she didn't show up. <laughs> she did not show up, which is, yeah. And they didn't know how to spell her name, did they? Uh, did they, What, did they misspell her name too? I didn't even know no, that No, apparently detail. they didn't know how to spell it properly. <laughs> this is just the funniest goddamn thing. I know, it's hilarious. It, it deserves a big round of applause and laughter from our audience because it is. They tried so hard, and it just, it just fell apart. The funniest thing, in addition to their witness just not showing up, it turned out Jack Berkman's fly was down during the whole thing. I mean, not just down a little bit where the little handle on the zipper was sticking out or something like that. His fly was down and open. In fact... I had to, I took the the photo that was flying around on Twitter and I, this is just how, this is my career, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I do for a living. This People pay me money to do shit like this. I grabbed that photo and I brought it into Photoshop and I increased the brightness so you could really get a good look because it's, he's wearing a dark suit and it's kind of in shadow. And of course, once I in, increased the brightness, oh yeah, absolutely. This guy's fly was down all the way, just making for the perfect metaphor for this entire fiasco, this unbelievably dumb, dumb, dumb set of accusations by some dumb, dumb people. And it's not a shock. Anyone who's been following Jacob Wall and his other Trumper youths who go around and, and support Donald Trump no matter what, uh, who appear in Donald Trump's replies under every tweet, praising him for being the greatest president ever. Uh, just, I mean, the, the, the most insane thing um, prior to the fly being down, uh, Jody, was the fact that the other day uh, Jacob Wall actually tweeted this. And I've seen, him, I've seen him tweet this same thing over and over again, which is that if the Republicans take the House, if the, <laughs> if the Republicans win back the House on Tuesday, they should immediately begin impeachment proceedings. And you go, oh, what? Really? Impeachment uh -huh. proceedings against Barack Obama. Right, because, yeah, it's time to impeach that guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that all about? The other thing I've been noticing, too, is that Jacob Wall and Jack Posobiec and all those guys, Charlie Kirk is another one, they all tweet the same shit. It's like they're all getting the same email blast, and they're saying, uh, alerting them, these email blasts alerting them, or maybe there's some Facebook uh, group, a private Facebook group or something like that, where they get their marching orders, right? And so they take those marching orders over to Twitter and they, they start tweeting out the same shit. So but the last six months, Jody, these guys, Jack Posobiec, Jacob Wall, Charlie Kirk, all the rest of them, Tommy Laren's probably in there too, Candace Owens, mm -hmm. all of the, uh, or, as Buzz was calling him the other day, Roger's kids. <laughs> Roger's kids <laughs> were, uh, for example, all tweeting out the same thing about how they were just in a hipster coffee shop filled with liberals and they were surprised to hear all of these liberals talking about how great Donald Trump is. 
This is a real thing. And so this obviously is connected to the walk away movement, which isn't, isn't really a movement. It's a, uh, right. it's a Russian psyop is what it is. Right. It so, may have started here, but probably with a guy who was paid to start it. Either by wealthy financiers, oligarchs, uh, uh, Russian military uh, uh, intelligence operatives uh, from the uh, GRU, which is the military intelligence agency in, in, in Russia that has started the whole attack, started the whole Russian attack against right. our elections uh, on Putin's orders. So it's, it's one of these outfits that are paying these guys to tweet out the same shit, to spread around this propaganda, to do this walk away movement, which is just the most absurd thing in the world. What they're trying to do. And I kind of figured this out, Jody, the other day, because I was thinking back to 2016. And what were one of the takeaways from the 2016 election? If you don't believe that Russia actually attacked us, well, one of the takeaways was that this was all about this election was all about and it actually bears out in some of the numbers and some of the exit polls. But the, the motivation is what Russia was linked to um, a bunch of Democrats who voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and then again in 2012 switched over and voted for Donald Trump in 2016. So what they're desperately trying to do at this point, Jody, is they're trying to they're trying to start up this idea again that while if we got a bunch of Democrats to walk away from the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton in 2016, then maybe a bunch of Democrats will walk away from the Democratic Party in 2018 and vote for an entire slate of Trump supporting members of Congress, Trump supporting senators and so on. That's the concept, and I, I seriously doubt that it's actually uh, a thing. I don't, I don't see any Democrats actually, I mean, real-life Democrats, actual liberals going, hey, you know what, this Democratic Party just isn't for me. I'm going to sign on with the Republicans and Donald Trump. I'm seeing more Republicans voting Democratic than the other way around. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So this was just the dumbest idea for uh, i don't know what it is i don't know what they think it is like rat fucking or something like that <laughs> i mean that's i mean i don't know if you know the, the term rat fucking it, it sort of emerged out of the watergate thing with donald segretti right. and all these uh, dirty tricks that were happening around at that time and which we also saw you probably saw jody these documents that came out um uh, yes. About Watergate and about uh, Donald Trump. I mean, not Donald Trump. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> I mistook Donald Trump for Richard Nixon. How about that? <laughs> yeah, How about no, that was, for Freudian? Yeah, he only resigned because he was about to be indicted. Yeah, he was about to be indicted. And what they did, what the grand jury did, is instead of indicting uh, uh, Richard Nixon... I almost said Donald Trump again. It's okay. It's understandable. They're interchangeable. I'm getting so close. So close to just tearing my hair out and just running down the, the street just screaming or something like that. I'm so, I'm so ready for the midterms to happen. Nevertheless. Uh, yeah. So what the grand jury did in that case was to hand down its recommendations to the House of Representatives. Right. And why this is important is because it turns out it could be a roadmap for the current grand jury and the current Mueller investigation. Well, there is only one Mueller investigation, but you know what I mean, as opposed to the right. special counsel investigation during Watergate. Uh, this could be a roadmap for Mueller, for the grand jury, for the House of Representatives mm -hmm. to act upon these findings by the grand jury, whatever they may be regarding collusion, regarding obstruction of justice, regarding money laundering, regarding all of the criminality that took place surrounding the 2016 election and beyond. And what do we know at this point? Well, turns out Democrats might win back the House of Representatives on Tuesday. I don't know how to accurately describe my position on the midterms right now, Jody. I am cautiously optimistic. Same here. Can we say that? I think that's pretty yeah. close. I'm not... 100% convinced because we were all burned in 2016. And right. I mentioned this before. Bear with me as I repeat it again. Uh, we were all convinced in 2016, right about this time, that things were looking really, really good for Hillary Clinton. I mean, we looked at Nate Silver's forecast. It was something like 85% chance of Hillary Clinton uh, winning the presidency. We heard all kinds of stuff leading up to that. Things from Robert Reich where he was saying, oh, yes, I've been talking to experts. and They've been telling me it looks like Hillary Clinton's going to win the entire eastern seaboard from Maine all the way down to Florida. And I was going, Maybe, <laughs> maybe. And, and of course, I was just as cautious then. Don't get happy. Uh, and this year, I, I feel like it's looking good. I was never hopeful as far as the Senate goes. But based on some of the turnout that we've been seeing, uh, 
mm-hmm. based on where that turnout is swinging, mm-hmm. um, I'm not willing to write off the Senate just yet. And again, Same. I am I am so cautious about this, Jody. Yeah. Uh, because the Senate was was never going to be a thing. I know it's only a one or it's, we we only need to pick up two seats right. to get a but majority. Have of the, two seats to pick up. Exactly right, especially when the Democrats have to defend twenty five seats, where and the Republicans right. only have to defend eight seats. That's right. a gigantic difference between what the, the the Republicans have to do and what the Democrats have to do. So, right. based on those numbers alone. It's kind of a hard slog to end up getting those two seats. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it, but it is a lot if you look at the overall map. However, here's the thing that I've been thinking about. You know, I've been looking at the polls, and I look at them many, many times a day. I follow them as stop Rachel. Stop doing it. Just I, stop doing it. I, I really need to stop. I swear, you're totally right about that. I need to stop. But as I'm looking at the polls, and I look at them, as Rachel says, in granular detail, I just pour over them and pour over them and pour over them. And what I'm seeing just doesn't make sense to me. What they're saying to us now, what the pollsters are telling us now, is that voters are going to walk into the voting booths on Tuesday if they haven't already voted. And they're going to split their ticket somehow. They're going to go and they're going to say, Democrat for House of Representatives, but Republican for Senate. And... I don't see that necessarily happening in all of these cases. That doesn't make tribal sense. No, it doesn't. It what it what it tells me is that I really believe that you're going to see a lot of people who may be telling pollsters, "Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm pissed off about Kavanaugh or Me Too or whatever, so therefore I'm going to I'm going to punish the Democrats on the Senate side and I'm going to vote for the Republican on the Senate side." But I love the Democrats on the House side. Don't get me wrong. Which is just a weird way to think. I'm thinking yeah. that more people than not are just going to hit that party line vote button. You know, the button yeah. at the very top that just makes just uh, ticks off a box for every single one of the Democrats. Uh, and I and think, if you do that in Texas, make sure that they're because Beto's votes are getting flipped to Ted Cruz. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is that is that really happening? Because, you know, yeah. I saw it has happened only if you vote straight ticket, not if you vote individually, but if you say, Hey, I want to vote straight Republican or straight. Well, it seems to only be happening with the Democrats, but if you say, I want to vote straight democratic ticket, the final screen comes up and it says who you voted for. And I've seen screenshots. They voted straight democratic ticket, except for Ted Cruz. Like, no. Wow. That seems check your ballots, everybody. Yeah. Uh, And also I, I just think, I think with the number of items that are going to be on every ballot, right. every ticket that is on every ballot is going to uh, be a hard slog for people in a hurry to vote. And so, therefore, I think uh, most of the time, I think you see in elections like this, you see a lot of party line votes. So, again, right. going back to what I was saying, I think that people are telling pollsters, well, you know, they're pissed off about the Senate, so therefore they're going to vote for the Republicans, keep the Republicans in the Senate. Uh, but I think what they're going to do once they walk into the voting booth is I think they're just going to go, uh, you know what, fuck it, doink, and they're going to vote for the entire, they're going to vote for the entire uh, uh, Democratic ticket. Vote straight Democratic go. ticket all the way down. Well, do you heard about the uh, Orange County wives? No, I haven't heard about the Orange County wives. Uh, the, the, the real housewives of Orange County, is that what you're talking Well, about? kind of. Okay. Um, apparently, there's a bunch of wives of wealthy Republicans down in Orange County, because yeah. Orange County is is... Except for in 2016, it in general votes Republican, mm-hmm. and because uh, they did vote for Hillary Clinton uh, in 2016. Yeah, but um, apparently, L.A. Times I think is who did it did an article on uh, these women that are basically telling their husbands, "Oh yeah, I'm going to vote for Rohrbeck," or "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to," and they're not; they're voting Democratic. I see. Interesting. That's fascinating. Orange County is a very, very conservative place in Southern California. It's incredibly conservative. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, these things that I'm speculating about with regard to how people are going to approach their ballots on uh, Tuesday is uh, is along the lines of everything being equal. I mean, all things being on the level. This is how things should go. Uh, Again, but going back to my original thesis, which is that we can't get happy. 
We, we right. know that there are many X factors out there, including Russia, including voter suppression, including people being stricken from voting rolls, uh, voter pur- mm-hmm. purges and things like that. Uh, of course, there's always the same situations where heavily liberal, heavily Democratic districts get fewer voting machines at their precincts, mm-hmm. making for longer lines, thus mm-hmm. making people. I mean, did you see the Dodge City thing that Rachel did last night? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. In, in uh, Kansas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Where there was one poll place uh-huh. in Dodge City with the famous Dodge City from Gunsmoke yep. uh, there was one polling place and the county clerk decided to move the polling place out of the center of town out of Dodge City which doesn't look like the western town anymore by the way it just Not looks anymore. like a regular town yeah a lot less gunslingers yeah very suburban looking and instead they moved this polling place way way out of town i mean far to some weird muddy industrial area far out of town and their justification was that this polling place the original polling place the place that's always been the location for elections uh, was dangerous for people to start using because there's evidently some kind of construction happening there. Mm-hmm. Well, Rachel sent some people to this location where they learned that, no, there isn't. There's construction that's happening far away across the street. Off, It looked like in the video across some field where there was some little teeny tiny one of those miniature backhoes working, moving some dirt around on the ground. Nothing like you would imagine it to be. Like, you don't have to wear a hard hat. And, and meanwhile, at the actual polling place, at this convention center, well, the former polling place, I should say, right. there was no construction, no problems, no, uh, no obstructions, no fences, nothing, gigantic open parking lot. There was nothing going on on those grounds. Easy in, easy out by car or on foot or on a bicycle. It doesn't matter. It just was, it was completely unobstructed. So obviously what this is, is this is the county clerk playing games with the polling place, suppressing the vote. The new polling place also, the closest bus stop is a mile away. Oh my God. That's, see now, this is the speech that I wheel out every time, every two years, every time there's an election, I say, well, why, we're supposed to be the shining city on the hill as a, as Ronald Reagan used to call it. And here we are as this shining example of democracy in the world, which is quickly a light that is quickly fading, I I hate to say. Mm -hmm. But we're this uh, shining example of democracy, and we can't fucking do elections. The one thing that sets us apart, I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, from other countries is our style of representative democracy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're the worst at doing elections. You know, there was a time when I was pushing for the federalization or the federalizing. I don't know how you would put that. The, the federal government right. takes over the conducting of, of the elections. You know, that was a that was a good thing. That was a, a fine idea that I stand by again mm-hmm. at a time when we were still electing presidents who were at least somewhat responsible, <laughs> even though we, even if we hated what they, what they said about the issues and some of the things they did, at least they were responsible, generally speaking in the conduct of the executive branch. However, right. we're no longer in that place. I mean, can you imagine Donald Trump controlling the, whatever bureau would be tasked with running our federal elections? I mean, it would be madness. We would be, we would be even more insecure than we are right now with the integrity of our elections. It's true. I mean, we, uh, Stephanie spoke with Michael Steele today. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and she said, well, you, as far as I know, didn't want to suppress votes. He goes, no, I want it to be a national holiday. And if we're not willing to do that, then we open up elections starting on Friday night and we vote all the way through that Tuesday and don't do it in November. Let's move it to the spring so that people aren't in the snow and it's cold and it's dark yeah. at four in the afternoon. <laughs> I mean, he went off. He's like, no, I want people to vote. He goes, if you have something that people vote for, you don't have to suppress the vote. And he's absolutely Lay right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, you know, Stephanie talked about uh, doing a, uh, a show called Steel and Miller or Miller and Steel, yes. where it's like. No, just, Steel and Miller. Steel and Miller. Steel, Steel, definitely Steel his Miller. name first. There you go. Well, so uh, Michael Steele and Stephanie Miller doing a cable news show. Oh, my God. I've already set my DVR. And it, they oh, just no, I totally it watch that. I, I'm totally, I totally watch that. Yes, that's right. And Kimberly's on board with that, too, because I think I think Kimberly is like secretly in love with Michael Steele. I, I just, well, I, he is handsome. I, I don't know that for a fact. I just believe it to be true. <laughs> 
I'll um, tweet at her and ask right now. <laughs> That's a great idea. But I just, I totally want to see that show. So if, if you're listening, MSNBC, yeah. Jesus Christ, make that happen. We need to have that show. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk now about uh, uh, something that uh, we all need to focus a little bit more attention on, especially those of us as, as, as we get older. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> This, this commercial break at the bottom of every show has become Bob gets old, and he, and here's how Bob is getting old this week. You know, it's just like it's usually my thinning hair, which is by the way no longer thinning. Thank you to okay. one of our fine sponsors. It is is actually coming back, and I'm I'm not exaggerating when I, when I say that I am I am so relieved. My hair is actually growing back a little bit, right on the top of my head. I just noticed when I got my hair cut the other day, it didn't look as haggard back there. It's not bald. It's just really thinning. And and maybe maybe it's because we're getting closer to the midterms. I don't know. But that's one of the things that I'm focused on as far as aging. I mean, I am only 47. I know everyone in their 60s. You're just a little around. baby. I know. Uh, but the other thing I've got to be concerned about now is life insurance, health insurance, various forms of insurance that I need to protect the people around me. And even though we know how important it is to have something like life insurance, a third of us actually don't have it at all, mainly because it's boring and it's complicated. That's why I didn't have it for the longest time. How do you shop for the best deal on the best or the best policy for you? Where do you start? Who do you trust? Do, do you do your own research? Do you talk to an agency? Who knows? It all sounds risky and still really like snoozeworthy, unless you go to policygenius.com. Even if you don't know Jack about insurance, policygenius.com guides you to the policy that's right for you. And in about two minutes, I mean, literally two minutes, that was my experience. Policygenius.com works, uh, does the work for you by comparing quotes from all of the top companies. You know how this works. You get the peace of mind knowing that over 4 million people have used Policy Genius, not just for life insurance, but home, auto, disability, and more. Stop putting off having life insurance you know you need. Take two minutes right now to make the right decision for you and your family. It's policygenius.com, the easiest way to compare and buy life insurance. Go do it right now. You, you won't regret it. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. Welcome back to our Thursday show. It's the last show, I think, before the election. I know what you yeah, it's, uh, we're not doing an after party tomorrow. Uh, because I, you're getting on a plane and flying out here to LA to see sexy liberal. Oh, Jesus. Would I, would I love to, <laughs> I, I wish Almost it was, had you there. <laughs> I wish it was that. No, I'm flying to, uh, <laughs> the wonderful police state of Florida. Oh, lucky you. For my dad's 80th birthday party. Oh, uh, wish him a happy birthday. Well, the, the good news is I'm going to be having dinner with uh, uh, Buzz Burbank and Mrs. Burbank uh, oh, tomorrow yay. night. Well, it's going to be fun. So we're going to meet up with them and have some dinner with them. And that'll be uh, a, a fun evening. And then, then on Saturday, it's my dad's 80th birthday party at an Italian restaurant of... Uh, of our collective choosing, where there's going to be, I think, all kinds of uh, relatives. So, like and- the Olive Garden, someplace nice like that. <laughs> you know what? You're not far off. <laughs> You're not far off with that Olive Garden prediction. No. I think it's Carabas. I think it's Carabas. Oh, I'm just, no. I'm just oh, saying. I'm sorry to I'm, hear that. I'm Aren't you sure. Italian? Don't you know better? <sighs> you know, you would think, right? You know, but I mean, my my grandma, my both of my my dad's parents were uh, immigrants from Italy. And my grandmother was the typical Italian Nona, right? She would right. always in the kitchen, always making food. Yeah, have a banana. She would always say, have a banana. Eat something, you're too thin. Yeah, and she always had polenta that she used to cut with yeah. a string. It was just like all of the old school, yeah, you know, old Did world. she make pizzelles? Well, you know what she would do when she would make her spaghetti sauce, when she would make her pasta sauce, you know what she would use as the base? Mm-hmm. Ragu, no. ragu out of yeah. a jar, and, and and she was born in 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 the Dolomite Mountains of northern Italy, uh, with all of the things. And, and when they immigrated to uh, the United States, they lived in Pennsylvania, where they lived on the they lived in this uh, this old coal town called Dysert, Pennsylvania, like in the wow. center. But we would call it the Alabama section of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and uh, and and they used to raise all of their own vegetables, all their own right. livestock, right there. 
on their little plot of land and they would make their own wine and they would make their own food. Everything, it was completely self-contained. So this is like a hard scrabble Italian immigrant, and she used ragu for her for her sauce. That, that was. See, a- I lived with I lived with an Italian family on the Big Island, and when when the grandmother, when the mother's mother would come down from Canada, yeah. we would be making noodles from scratch. You know, I'd come home from school, and there would be wow. racks of noodles drying, and she'd make pizzelles from scratch, and I mean everything. I mean, it was so good. You know, I learned how to make noodles. I learned how to make sauce, all that stuff. Yeah, in fact, you know, I still make a variation of her lasagna. I still have the recipe for that. In fact, it was the handwritten recipe. Uh, actually, my mom wrote it down. My grandmother had it committed to memory. And my mom just sat her down one day and said, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> and so I have that recipe and I've still been known to uh, make it once. In fact, over the holidays, I like to make that uh, lasagna That's recipe. what I make on Thanksgiving. Oh, man, that sounds so I good. Make, I make lasagna on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's real. That's my favorite thing, to have like Italian food on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or Christmas. That's really the way to go. Okay. There you go. All right, now the food chat. Right. Well, I also <laughs> wanted to add, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link at bobseska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. It takes you right to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping for a gazillion different things. And we get a teeny tiny commission from some of the things you purchase. Thank you so much for doing that. And I guess I have to also do this particular disclaimer. As an, Am- as an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I have to say Good those to things. to know. Yeah. And by the way, you can, we now have a brand new link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. It says banded masculine for Chris Lavoie's <laughs> uh, masculine scented candles and soaps. I love these candles and soaps. We have uh, we have the entire collection of candles right now because, frankly, with the soaps, I'm still quite faithful to Bubble Genius. Uh, but course. with with the the <laughs> candle situation, all the way with Banded Masculine, I love the smell of these candles. Uh, uh, Kimberly Johnson loves the smell of the candles. In fact, she loves them the, more than I do. Believe it or not. And uh, I'm a guy. I mean, they're supposed to be designed for me. There's like scents like uh, leather. There's a hunting lodge, there's cut grass, fresh cut grass, and the one that we've been burning for the last couple of days is the campfire uh, candle. Oh, I bet that smells great. It's all from Chris Lavoie, uh, formerly of the Stephanie Miller Show, and his banded masculine scented candles. Go to bobsuska.com, click the banded masculine link just beneath the logo. You buy Chris Lavoie's candles, and we get a teeny tiny commission from some of those purchases. So thank you for doing that. I've noticed a bunch of sales of banded masculine candles on my Amazon uh, admin page. So thank you to everyone for buying your banded masculine candles through uh, our link. Okay, getting down to it. Uh, did you know, Jody Hamilton? That no, Bob, what? Donald Trump is fucking bonkers. <laughs> did you know? No. He, uh, and these are the kind of stories. Jacob Wall, the Jack Berkman's fly being down. These are the kind of stories I need with five days out because... <laughs> I'm just, I'm now just like my eyes are bleeding. I'm just like my hair is falling out or not really, not anymore. But uh, I'm just, I've got so much anxiety, so much stress leading up to this election. I just need it to, need it to happen for no other reason than you just get it out of the way at this point. It's just like, it's just looming there as this monolithic thing that could collapse on our heads or it could be this, uh, you know, it it could either be just terrible, terrible news or it could be this. I mean, just... And hopefully it'll be this. <laughs> hopefully that's what we'll be doing on the, the yeah. roundtable show next Wednesday. We're going to do a special yes. roundtable with me and you and Kimberly Johnson and Buzz Burbank. And we're going to talk about the results of the election. And hopefully that will be a joyous occasion like this rather rather than a horrible occasion in which we're all going. Yeah, yeah. We just don't want that to happen. But uh, Donald Trump is fucking bonkers. He doesn't appear to know the actual name of the Democratic Party. This is, uh, you know, I always say this. Uh, It's impossible to be shocked by anything that Donald Trump says anymore. And this actually surprised me because he's the president. He's the head of the Republican Party. And he doesn't know the name of the opposition party. This is crazy. Um, He said here at his rally, and he said this a few times. He said at his rally last night, you notice I never say the Democratic Party. You know the word is Democrat, Trump said. But when you say Democratic, it's much nicer sounding, right? They should change their name, actually, 
but I'm not going to tell them that. He what? said, but they say the Democratic Party, it's not. It's called the Democrat Party, Trump insisted. It doesn't sound good, right? He also said this um, the other day at the Young Black Leadership Summit at the White House. And then he repeated it again at his rally last night. He thinks that the actual technical name of the Democratic Party is the Democrat Party and that he deserves credit if they change their name to the Democratic Party, which is what their name already is. Wow. This is just the dumbest. Is this the dumbest thing Trump has said? It may be. It may be dumber than some people are still talking about Frederick Douglass these days more and more or whatever 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 dumb thing that was i mean you take out all the uh racist stuff and this would be the dumbest thing that isn't racist is that is that that's probably a good way to put it It's it's the dumbest thing trump has said that isn't racist or let's say uh reflecting white supremacist values it's the dumbest thing up to that point And, of course, we all know the history of what this Democrat Party bullshit actually is, right? right? It was started, uh, I don't know, like 50 years ago. And it started, I think, with Spiro Agnew uh, Mm. back during the Nixon administration, the first Nixon administration, before Spiro Agnew had to resign in disgrace. Uh, And then it got picked up and revived again in the 90s by guys like Frank Luntz, who recommended it to guys like Newt Gingrich. And Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, if, in case you don't know, let's make it abundantly clear, the name of the party is the Democratic Party, and individual members of that party are referred to not as Democratics, but Democrats. We all know this. Right. But what they decided was they didn't want to couple the brand of Democratic Party with the notion of small-D Democratic government, because they felt right. that that made, it sound, made the party name sound too good. If you link those two things together, it makes them sound like they're all about democracy and the Republican Party isn't about democracy. Furthermore, they have the added benefit of emphasizing the last three letters of Democrat, which is rat, right? They want to make well, they want to make sure that the last syllable you hear out of their mouths when they say the name of the party is rat. They desperately need to hear that. So. They came up with Democrat Party. This would be the same if, like, Barack Obama referred to the Republicans as the Rethuglicans or the Republican Party or something Mm -hmm. like some ridiculous childish thing that he would never in a million years be allowed to get away with by the media. The news media would crucify someone like Barack Obama or Howard Dean or John Kerry or Hillary Clinton or any of them. If they started using those ridiculous nicknames for the Republican Party that we all use in the discussion forums and on Twitter and shit, but which we expect our leaders to rise above, right? But they don't do that. The Republicans don't do that. What they do is they use this. Donald Trump uses this, and it's become so pervasive, clearly, that Donald Trump thinks that the actual name of the party is the Democrat Party. And it's not. I mean, this is basic shit. And I know you're going, oh, Bob. Here you go, ranting about something that they're not going to give a shit about. But you know what? I I do think we need to reinforce this because, you know what? We allowed them to bastardize the word liberal. They -hmm. were able to take the word liberal, Jody, from basically throughout our early childhood all the way up through now. Um, This is a modern Republican thing, to demonize the word liberal, to make it sound a feat. But their their notion was, if you're liberal, you're somehow less American. You're Mm -hmm. weak. You're weak. It's like uh, the uh, Ron Silver's speech in the West Wing, where you're you're weak on crime, you're soft on communism, you're all these things, and we're going to tax you back to the Stone Age, but we're not, you xenophobic, homophobic, racist piece of shit. And and this is what they've been trying to do. So they were able to co-opt the word liberal and turn it into a bad word to the point where liberals had to come up with progressive to revive that word. Right, so we don't from the early nineteen, the early twentieth century. Yeah, and now they're do, they're trying the same shit, and they've been trying the same shit with the Democratic Party, and we need to stop them from doing. We need to not give an inch on this when they push on this ridiculous pejorative. We push right back. We say, you know what, you stupid fucking moron, Donald Trump. It's not the Democrat Party, you idiot. And he actually looks like he actually believes this to be true. He doesn't think that this is some sort of uh, like some sort of dirty 
trick. This is like some sort of meme or zinger that, that politicians use. He thinks this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then what's he going to do? He's going to take credit for inventing the name Democratic Party. Like he's going to take credit for branding or I should say rebranding right. the name of the party. And now, like last night at his rally, he said they should pay me once they do that. They should send me a check for coming up with a better way to name the party. You know, I heard on, because I listened to Stephanie's show out of a station in North Carolina. So they do Stephanie's show, they do Tom Hartman, they do Norman Goldman. I mean, it's a liberal talk station. Yeah. But the, the Republican Party in North Carolina has been running ads on that station for some strange reason. I think it's a waste of their money, but fine. But one of the ads literally says, the Democrat Party in North Carolina. <laughs> So they're literally using it in ads in North Carolina. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's, again, this is like like a talk radio meme or something like mm-hmm. that. This is just like, this is trolling. Uh, mm-hmm. And and now it's become to, to the point where there are actual people like Donald Trump who believe that that's the real name of the party. And you know, there are some, I've heard some Democrats say Democrat Party. I have too. I mean, how is this so hard? I mean, you know, again, you're all listening and you're hearing me sounding outraged about this. But you know what? It, it is outrageous mm-hmm. that they don't know the name of the party, that there are some mm-hmm. Democrats who don't know the name of their own party. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, what was it? In 2016, I was seeing a lot of Democrats going around screaming about voter fraud. Right. Like, there okay. isn't any. And no. I was going, you know what? You don't know what voter fraud is. If you're saying that there's voter fraud, you don't know what it is. It, you know, what you're thinking of maybe is election fraud, which is different, right. which is things like voter suppression and voter purges and monkeying around with uh, w- with uh, voter rolls vote and things switching. like that. Yeah, vote switching, things like that. Mm-hmm. That happens on, on a systemic level. There is no in-person voter fraud, no. which is specifically... Voter fraud is where a voter, hence the name voter fraud, <laughs> walks into a voting booth and scams the, the ballot somehow, uh, either votes and then leaves and then comes back with a, a different identity and votes again. That's the kind of shit. But that never happens. So, But right. when you use a term like voter fraud, it has a specific meaning. Words have meaning. And this phrase, voter fraud, has a very specific meeting that's get, gets lost, and the, it's just like it's the same thing as some Democrats going around referring to themselves as being a member of the Democrat Party, not realizing. Right. And it's we have a universe of information at our fingertips. We can search for any minute bit of detail about anything that that has happened in the history of the world. It's not hard to go to Google and type in. Democrat Party, question mark, and see that it comes up, you know, the DNC website, the Democratic Party. (laughs) That's the name. Shit. Well, okay. Meanwhile, (laughs) just moving along because, you know what? I could spend the next hour and a half talking about nothing but this because it pisses me (laughs) off so much. Trump also suggested that he's going to um, maybe invoke a state of emergency, state of national emergency about this caravan. Do you hear this? This is going to, what this is going to do. Are you kidding me? This is the kind of shit, Jody, that I've been worried about since day fucking one, that Donald Trump is going to take office and then he's going to use some bullshit excuse to seize more power. And we're going to get into that right after these words. Stand by. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska!
This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. And welcome back. Jody Hamilton is here from the Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker podcast at from-the-bunker.com. Uh, brand new show. When? There was a brand new show yesterday. Mm-hmm. I have not There's, heard it yet. I have not listened yet. I'm so sorry. We did it sorry. Tuesday. We're going to do it next Next week we're doing it on Wednesday because it's after the vote. Otherwise we do it on Tuesdays. Oh, right, right, right. And see, we're, we normally record a show on Tuesday, obviously. Right. But I was talking to Buzz and we said, you know, <laughs> we're going to do a show on Tuesday. It's going to be all about what's going to happen tonight. Right. And by the time everyone downloads it, It'll already be the next day, and everyone will already know. I mean, I know we did that on Election Day in uh, 2016, where Ches and I actually Mm -hmm. did a show on Tuesday. And again, it had a shelf life of of about two seconds. But, (laughs) but, you know, granted, I will say that some people enjoyed going back and listening to our... Our hopeful podcast on the <laughs> yes, day of the so election. And it was then, such a good day. <laughs> and then the, the show that we did the day after on yeah. Wednesday, uh, the, the contrast between those two shows were like night and day, or day and oh, night, yeah. as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, nevertheless, so we're not going to do a show uh, this coming up Tuesday. So this is the last, technically the last free show before election night. And then we'll all be back for an extravaganza on Wednesday. So that'll be everywhere. We'll post that on our Patreon page, of course, as always. And we'll post that at popseska.com and on iTunes and all the rest of it. Uh, by the way, speaking of iTunes, um, this made me think of, uh, uh, of the fact that I've been having trouble with iTunes since, you know, like March, where for whatever reason, when we update the show, it'll show up in your library if you've already subscribed on iTunes for free. But what it doesn't show up on each new show is it doesn't show up if you go to the iTunes website and and search for the show and that whatever that web page is for the show where it just lists all the shows that are available, whether you've subscribed or not. The new shows don't show up on that for some reason. And tech-supported iTunes has been working on that since March with no solution. So what we've been doing lately is whenever we post a show, if it doesn't appear in Apple podcasts within 24 hours, I have to contact Apple tech support and say, can you ping our RSS feed? So the show will show up. And and I've got this guy right now named Gary, who's working with me and he's great. He's been doing that every single time. So thank you to Gary at iTunes. Also, the other thing is if you're a fan of stitcher radio, Mm-hmm. finally the show is showing up regularly on Stitcher. We were having the same finally. problem with Stitcher, right? Where it wasn't showing up for weeks on end. Like the like we would do a Tuesday show and it wouldn't show up until a week from Saturday or something like that. That started a long time ago with Stitcher, with your show in particular. Yeah, that was. And I even just stopped talking about Stitcher radio, the fact that you can hear the show on Stitcher, because of that. But it seems like I, I've been following consistently and it seems like it's working now. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I'm grateful for Stitcher finally getting its act together. I think it was Growing Pains, just a tech thing from it being relatively new. I think they started in 2012-ish, somewhere around there. And in fact, uh, Bob's, the Bob and Chez show at the time was the one of the first adopters of Stitcher Radio. They contacted me personally and invited me over there. And so I, I liked promoting Stitcher until they stopped updating my show. But now everything <laughs> is good. So uh, Trump is going to do what I've been afraid of for two years now, which is that Trump is going to use some sort of international thing. And uh, he's going to use that as an excuse to declare some sort of national emergency and seize uh, powers, seize the full scope of presidential powers allowed under the Constitution, if not more than that. And what have we seen? In the past week, we've seen him um, noncommittal on whether or not he's going to suspend habeas corpus, which right. is the if he suspends habeas corpus, basically he can arrest whoever he wants and detain them indefinitely without telling them why they've been detained. You can be disappeared. You can be black bagged by Trump's goon squads, whatever ice or what have you can take you away, lock you away, and you don't need to be told uh, what you've been charged with. I mean, uh, nothing like that. So you're just off the books. You're just gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that can happen. He's also, I think this is going to allow him to suspend uh, some of the rules under the Posse Comitatus Act, which has constitutional carve-outs for the president to 
suspend those things. And, and what we heard this week is that now it's gone from first it was like 1200 then it was 5000 now now he did one of those gaggles on the south lawn on his way out to marine 1 where he said that he wants to uh, deploy 10,000 to 15,000 soldiers right. to the border for a grand total of maybe 1000 people that might make it in a month right so there are a couple of eventualities for that right one is they're just going to go down there as props and move jersey walls around you know, just basically right. stand there. He's talked about today he's going to make a human wall. That's what he's going to do. Instead of the actual wall, he's going to create a human wall. That's how he's describing it. And it's going to be a wall of soldiers. So we're putting our, our American military. If you enlisted in the Army or the Air Force or something like that, you're going to be a political prop for Donald Trump. And that destroy. I mean, you talk about destroying morale in the military. Tell a bunch of guys who thought that they were going to f- be fighting for the Constitution, fighting for American freedom, that they're going to have to go move Jersey walls around at the border because Donald Trump's afraid that Donald Trump Jr. is going to be investigated by Adam Schiff when he takes over the House Judiciary Committee. That's, that's what you're being used for now, uh, troops. Uh, he, he was asked about this. Uh, he said when asked uh, the ro- what role active duty military personnel would play, uh, since the U.S. law prohibits the U.S. Army from being used to enforce domestic law, Trump said, well, it depends. It depends. He said, national emergency covers a lot of territory. They can invade our country. You look at, uh, you look at that, it, most, it almost looks like... An, let me try this sentence again. This is an, I'm reading a transcription of Donald Trump's gibberish, so you have to bear with me. You look at that, it almost looks like an invasion. It almost does look like an invasion. The other thing that we learned today, for as much as I criticized the uh, Axios guys on Tuesday for mm-hmm. p- playing too fun and loose with Donald Trump in their interview, it was uh, Jonathan Swan and, and Jim Van Hy. Jim Van Hy, a, a new clip appeared today of Jim Van Hy really pressing the president on his attacks on the news media. And, the, the, you know, the fake news, the enemies of the people. Jim Van Hy was really pushing on that. And, and no surprise, Jim Van Hy is a member of the news media. And Donald Trump was kind of suggesting that he has to do that. That his audiences expect him to do that now. So he has no choice but to continue doing it. And I relate this back to what he said the other day, Jody about uh, he was challenged once again on the fake news thing and enemies of the people in the context of the CNN uh, attempted bombing and so on. And he said, that's a different world. It's a different universe. It's a different thing. So what, what he is perceiving in his teeny tiny little walnut brain is that uh, his, his rallies and the things that he says directly to his red hat disciples are things that he not only has to say because it's part of his brand, but that's their expectation that he say it. And if he he doesn't say it, then he believes that the Red Hats are no longer going to support him. Like, he's got to play the hits. Because if he plays a song from the new album, they're all going to walk off and take a shit. And that's... (laughs) That's like a fate worse than death for Donald Trump to see his disciples walking out on him because he hasn't given them, he hasn't pulled the lever for the food pellet for his Pavlovian response from the Red Hats. So, I mean, that was kind of not, not shocking to hear, but informative to hear that right. from, a, from an analytical point of view, when we hear Donald Trump say crazy shit, that there's a chance that he feels like he has to do that. It was like, there's a scene in the movie Nixon where Anthony Hopkins as Nixon goes out, and it's based on a a true story where Nixon actually did confront some anti-war, anti-Nixon protesters. Mm -hmm. And at one point he, uh, in the movie, he goes out, and this this scene takes place at the Lincoln Memorial. And he basically tells them that he has no choice, that this machine, this war machine in the United States, the military-industrial complex, is so out of control that even the president has little power to pull back on all of that. You know, we saw what happened to JFK when that happened. Right. And, and, and I think Nixon was thinking about it. I think that those consequences were very clear in Nixon's mind when he said, you know what, I have to, <laughs> I have to engage militarily. I have no choice but to continue 
bombing Laos and bombing Cambodia and doing all these illegal things uh, overseas and, and continuing the Vietnam War. I've got no choice because there are p- powerful moneyed interests here involved. And if I pull the plug on it, I will be not only a political dead man, but I may also be a literal dead man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's some, uh, some additional insight into how Donald Trump's ridiculous brain works. Uh, he, also said, um, he also said, I always want to tell the truth. Yeah, I heard that part. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he has this desire I'd like to, to, but I can't. He likes to, but he absolutely Yeah, exactly right. But he he can tell the truth. He has to just choose to tell the truth. But the problem is he's, he's already branded himself. That see that's the thing that is one of the many awful things about Donald Trump is that he constructed, with the help of guys like Steve Bannon, he, just, he constructed a, uh, a strategy for his campaign where he was saying all of these incendiary populist things, appealing to the lizard brains of the Red Hats throughout the entire 2016 campaign. And the problem is with a, uh, you know, you say a lot of things about Donald Trump. The one thing that he's really good at is branding, and, and in awful ways, of course, but he's, he, oh, yeah, he knows, he's great at that. He, he knows how to do branding, right? He knows how to play the media. And, uh, and that's just a fact. Um, and and it's not, I'm not saying that to compliment Trump. This is all in service of a larger point, which is that he became so committed to that brand, to that style of campaigning, that he feels as if if he changed, if he actually, you know, there's lots of discussions about pivoted. whether... Pivoting, yeah, pivoting, exactly right. Thank you. He thought that if he pivoted to being presidential, that his audience would abandon him. The only way that he could maintain his popular support, and there's actually a lot of truth to this, because I've always felt like, well, you know what Trump should have done is on uh, day one, I mean, he could have continued to play his jerk off games throughout the transition. But on day one, after the inauguration, he could have said, you know what, I am the infrastructure president. I have built things my entire life. And we all know the truth about that, too. But the fact right. is that. He could have been the guy who just builds shit inside the United building highways and infrastructure and uh, electrical grids and things like that out there with his hard hats, with the Teamsters and, you know, look how tough I am and could have kept his mouth shut. And that guy would be 60 percent Trump. He would oh, have easily, a, easily yeah. approval rating of 60 percent. If he had just sure. kept his mouth, but he can't. And he's saying it today. He can't tell the truth. He has to lie. He has to maintain this brand. Otherwise, his people, they just, they, they hear what he has to say, and they don't like it, and then suddenly, they're out the door. And that's his worst nightmare. Because then that leaves him, he's got, a, he's got human shields around him, and they're all wearing red hats. Right. Right, and his human shields are keeping him, ultimately, from being held accountable. Because if his human shields disappeared... Even his allies in the Democratic Party would go, all right, there's no reason to continue to backstop Donald Trump. He's not bringing any votes to us, so fuck it. We're going to investigate him. We're going to get him out of office as quickly as possible. That is one of the consequences for Trump, and I think Trump knows that. He's at least savvy enough to know that. Meanwhile, the Trump administration doesn't plan to renew the anti-domestic terror program. This is news that comes right on the heels of, you know, oh my god, an actual domestic terrorism attack. And in fact, the uh, this guy whose name I'm not going to be mentioning any names of assassins or uh, terrorists anymore on this right. show, especially domestic terrorists and these mass shooters. Uh, but the, this guy is being charged with domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Department of Justice is going after him for those charges. And as they I mean, should. Right, as they absolutely should. Meanwhile, the Trump administration isn't going to renew the anti-domestic terror program despite all of that. It funds the development of new approaches to prevent terrorism before it begins. Homeland Security said it has no plans to continue the program past the end of its funding in July of 2019 and has told grant recipients that the funding was a one-time opportunity. Wow. <laughs> So, but you better believe that all the grants for preventing uh, radical Islamic terrorism oh, yeah. will still be there. All of that shit that we saw after 9-11, where you, know, you have the militarization of the police as a result mm-hmm. of all of that. Mm-hmm. But the domestic side of that, nah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Even though there's 
far more domestic terror attacks inside the United States than isn't it seventy four percent of all terrorist stuff is is white guys yep. that are domestic, and then it goes down to like fourteen percent are Islamic terrorists, and then two percent are leftists. Exactly, <laughs> fucking right. That's exactly how it works out. And and of course, you know, as the Republican Party has been doing for the last twenty years, seeing someone attack us and then punishing the wrong people mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. the aftermath. Of it, for yeah. God's sake. Um, so, meanwhile, one last story here, and it's a James O'Keefe story. We started with the Ugh. the brand new flim flam artists, the worst. I don't know what you would call them, like jackass pranksters, uh, Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman. Well, James O'Keefe tried and failed to scam this uh, this candidate in the seventh district of Virginia. Um, her name is Abigail Spanberger. Mm-hmm. She's in a tight race right now with Dave Bratt in Virginia 7th. Um, James O'Keefe tried to go after her, and what James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, the most oxymoronic title in the history of political titles, um, in which uh, these uh, James O'Keefe disciples posed as, a, as Democratic volunteers and spent every day over the past several weeks in Spanberger's suburban uh, Richmond campaign office, performing basic office ta- tasks and peppering her office mates with questions that eventually raised red flags. You know, Spanberger is a former CIA operative. So if you're going <laughs> to... If you're going to pull off a stunt like this, make sure you do some background and find out that maybe you shouldn't go after the person who was, whose career it's been to weed out ridiculousness like they've been trying. So, Oh, I love that. Again, don't fuck with the Spanberger. <laughs> that, you know what? That should have been Abigail Spanberger's uh, campaign yeah, slogan. Her campaign slogan, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with the Spanberger. Don't fuck with the Spanberger. <laughs> And also, by the way, I want to add, just because I'm juvenile, mmm, Spanberger. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies. Homer Simpson reference, yes. <laughs> All right, we got a big post-mortem show coming up. Don't forget, speaking of branding, we're now calling our commercial-free version of the show on Patreon. We're calling it the Ultimate Edition. Nice. Because you're getting the free show, but without all of the commercials, without all that happy crappy, plus... You're basically getting the show as we record it. So, like, when this music stops playing, every time we do a show, this music stops playing, and we keep talking. Jody and I keep talking, or Buzz and I keep talking, or T-Rex and I keep talking, or Jackie Schechner and I keep talking. And that continuous talking after the music is done playing is called the post-mortem show. So, but what you get with the Ultimate Edition is you get the free show without commercials, plus... As it's recorded, the post-mortem show tacked onto the end. That is the ultimate edition of the show, and you can get that for just $15 a month. Plus, you're supporting independent media, and you're joining this fast-growing community of friends and supporters and people all of like minds and similar backgrounds all talking about the Trump crisis and everything else in between. My my thinning hair and all the rest of it is happening all on the Patreon <laughs> and, page. and me and pigs. That's right. There you go. Jody's issues with, with pigs. Sprinkle the pig. Sprinkles. Sprinkles the pig. Oh, my God. All right. That's it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Bear in mind that we do have now two URLs that you can find our Patreon page through. It's Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Or you can still use the old link, which is Patreon.com slash Bob and Chess, which I'm keeping just to honor Chess. Uh, or you can just go to BobSeska.com and click the all caps Patreon link. And it'll take you right over there. Click be, click the big orange button that says become a patron. Choose your tier. And then it's done. Then it's done. The payments automatically come out every month. And it supports the show. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for doing that. Meanwhile, make sure to support the From the Bunker podcast, Jody Hamilton's show. It's at from-the-bunker.com. And it can also be found on iTunes, right? And, and Stitcher and, and Castbox and uh, the Netroots Radio and Indie Media Weekly. I'm everywhere. 